Hey, Dad Gamers, welcome to the Dad Gamers Podcast. I'm your host, Bob Rayhart. That's Flank on Xbox Live, F-L-A-N-K-K-E. You can follow me there. Let's jump right in and get started. Last week, we were talking with my brother, Adam, and he recently, over the past week, has discovered the Nintendo Switch. I know, he seems to be a little bit behind the times on that, but he has, and he is now obsessed with the Nintendo Switch. He's got Animal Crossing, he picked up Mario Kart, he picked up Zelda, and now he is all over, like, he, I can't even get a hold of him right now. He is just playing his Switch religiously, uh, which is great. I'm glad there's another, you know, another gamer. But let's go, let's talk about the Switch for just a minute. So there was something I found when explaining the Switch to my brother, that there was a new thing coming out. This this was released like two days ago, that the Switch has an intruder app alert, like uh, or an intruder alert app, excuse me. Uh, well, it sounds like, oh, you can like lock your Switch and like put an alarm on it or anything like that. This is not the case. So back, way back when Nintendo had the Labo kits, the cardboard like that when you could build these cardboard type kits that you could put the controller into and this will allow you to create different things with the Nintendo Switch but what we didn't really wasn't I don't think anyone was really paying attention was the fact that one of the controllers or if not I think both of them but at least I know for one of them for sure has an infrared built into it like an infrared camera that could detect the presence of light that was invisible to like the human eye. So if you look on the bottom of the red right controller, I believe it is, you'll see actually like a little black window. And inside of there is the infrared camera. So this allows the essentially the controller to work like the old school remote controls. With that being said, there is a company, a developer out there called Sabek, uh, that has come out with an app that for $10 will turn your switch into a motion detection spy alarm system. Now, don't get too excited. The expectation for this app is not clearly what you want it to be. So how it works basically is you take the, you detach the right Joy-Con, you place it on a flat surface, and you point it towards the area that you want to protect. Now what happens is, is the Joy-Con then puts out a beam of light across the room and when that beam of light is broken the Joy-Con then sends the information to the switch so with that being said a couple of things number one you have to have the switch on which in most cases it's not gonna you know it's gonna kind of be a giveaway that there's something if the switch is on and it's gonna have the controller lit up etc etc the other downside the other downside is, is if someone to for someone to break that invisible beam not only will those sound an alarm and that's all fine and everything, but the the range of it is only 39 inches. So it's technically just shy of, what, four feet? So you would literally only be able to put it probably across a doorway, and that's it. So it's not, when I say, you know, it shoots a beam across the room, that's kind of, I mean, it's a very small room if it's only 39 inches. But this is something new that I, I didn't know Nintendo had built into their remote controls. And so it's it's cool that Nintendo always is innovative and that Nintendo always has been a, a, a step above or a step ahead when it comes to their hardware technology. I think there's a lot of things 
that we don't know that the Switch may be able to do uh, that hasn't been released yet. I mean, keep in mind, back way back when the Wii U originally first came out, the, the Amiibo situation, like the whole Amiibo thing, nobody knew that the Wii U could even do. So when the Amiibos, when Amiibos released, the fact you could put the character on the, um, the Wii U pad and it would implement into the game was amazing. I mean, keep in mind, it was also a spinoff of, let's be honest, it was a spinoff of Skylanders and Lego Dimensions and these other games that had already been doing it. Skylanders was the first to have the touch uh, data transfer technology. And I've always found out that, or I've always found that Nintendo or video games in general seem to lead the way when it comes to technology. Like if you start looking back on dates as far as like cell phones, let's go back, let's take a look at cell phones for instance. The cell phone touchscreen that we all have right now and that your iPhone has or your Android phone has, you were like, I can't believe we didn't have this sooner. Well, you go back, we did have cell phones, you know, back in the early 2000s. Hell, back in the 90s, there was cell phones, but they weren't touchscreen. Now, the Nintendo DS that came out in, you know, the early 2000s, like 2000, what, 2, 2002, 2003, that had touchscreen. Yeah, you know, and so they were they were letting kids, you know, play with touchscreen long before you had a cell phone and even knew that touchscreen was be a, a handheld thing. So I find that if you look at some of the the track record for technology, it seems that video games tend to lay the groundwork for new technology and new things so that they're not as I want to say scary for the next generation. If you're curious on what's new or exciting or coming, Take a look at, uh, walk down the toy aisle at, you know, your local Walmart or wherever, and take a look at some of some of the toys and how, they, not so much the toys themselves, but how they work or how they operate. You'd be surprised at some of the technology at the base level that is available for kids' toys. Uh, again, I go back to talking about Skylanders to say that the fact that the Skylander toys could essentially touch a surface and the data transfer to the system or transfer into the figure is exactly the same technology as what we have now as far as laying your phone down to have it charge. Now, Skylanders came out way back, uh, what, 2012? And the uh, flat base phone chargers didn't come out until 2017. So again, the kids' toys seem to have a, a heads up on what's cool and new. Now, not to say that this, let's go back to not say that this motion detection app on the Nintendo Switch is new. Again, it's an infrared camera. We know how it works. But, but like I was saying is I wonder what other things the Switch could do that we don't know yet. Like I'm sure you know if you haven't already that you can use Amiibos with the Nintendo Switch you know, there's no specific area on the Switch to do it other than on the control stick itself, which is it's not labeled. It doesn't say that, but you, you have to kind of know. Uh, moving on. So we talked about in two episodes ago how to keep your kids safe on Twitch. Now, one of the things that Twitch has recently came out with um, probably a week ago, week or so ago, May 21st, was that the platform added pools, hot tubs, and beaches as a category. 
Now, immediately pools, hot tubs, and beaches to us gamer dads probably immediately thinks, you know, scatly clad women online. And you would be right. There are, you know, hundreds of apps or hundreds of channels that are specifically for that. They basically sit there in a bathing suit and play video games. So, again, they're not, I mean, they know what they are. They're not trying to hide from it. But the reason I brought it up is not only is it becoming the hottest within just a few days, the most watched category on Twitch, which, again, how do you not expect to do? I mean, in four days, it gained 1.4 million hours watched. So, you know, clearly, Twitch is debatable when it comes to certain channels. Again, going back to keeping your kids safe on Twitch, I only tell you gamer dads just so you know this if you do have little ones that watch. There are specific categories that you may want to make sure they are not watching. And I said all this to say that Twitch, because they put these channels out and because they have this, this pools, hot tubs, and beaches channel, the, the funny thing is, is that, <laughs> is that while all of these gamers are, you know, sitting in their bathing suits and, and playing online to get, basically to get views, one, one thing was one channel specifically got views without having to do any of that. And there, it's funny because it's the Marine Mammal Rescue Center in Vancouver, and it has four rescued otters. And it started live streaming in with inside the hot tub category, uh, the otters themselves. And before you know it, every single—I mean, at the time of the, uh, it came out that this was happening, there was already like 1,700 viewers on the channel. It was like the third most watched underneath that category. So, with that being said, it's funny that you know Twitch comes out with these three categories and we all kind of know what they're what they're kind of leaning towards because these this is stuff that was already on twitch and then <laughs> these four little otters come out of nowhere from vancouver and just start you know getting up getting the watches getting the views and everything it's funny and they're adorable um again animals on twitch though are nothing new there's also a, a game reserve in south africa that also that hosts a live stream that features wild animals like baby warthogs and uh, I think the there's a, the aquarium in Chicago shared videos of its penguins walking around. So again, animals on Twitch are nothing new, but the fact that these four little otter guys have uh, are starting to capitalize on the hot tub channel, the newest hot tub channel for Twitch, uh, I thought was adorable. So if you want to check it out, again, go under the hot tub category. It is the Marine Mammal Rescue Center in Vancouver. You can watch these four little otter guys. It's kind of cool. And if you have little ones, little younger kids, they're dead gamers, then this might be also something where you could show them where, hey, you know, not everything on Twitch has to be about video games. So moving on, uh, one thing I was watching because of the pandemic, uh, keeping everybody at home was Netflix. Now, everybody was wrapped up in Netflix for the past year, for 2020. But there's been evidence recently, as of like a day ago or so, that Netflix wants to do games. So Netflix dipped its toe in gaming uh, with like a choose-your-own-adventure style uh, Black Mirror Bandersnatch, I think, was the best example. But it comes it comes a time where it comes out that the streaming giant may be expanding even further into gaming they have uh recently and this was again the the first report of it was last friday so maybe not even a week ago 
They are hiring an executive to oversee new gaming efforts, and the company is considering like a bundle of games similar to Apple Arcade. Now, they're also chosen not to include ads in the games, um, but they're, I mean, they're, they're still fluctuating with it. So it's not out yet. The whole Netflix gaming thing is not official. I'm not announcing it for anybody, but let's keep an eye on it, Dad Gamers. I mean, that might be something very simple that you could flip on and do since the you know, if the little one's hogging up the console or if the PC is you know down or updating or anything like that and you want to still game, with Netflix doing this, this may be another uh, category, another venue that you could we could play games on. Uh, again, this service is not anywhere near to release there's a possibility that with the licenses that netflix needs for their ips and the gaming commissions from you know indie studios etc etc that this is a possibility to launch in 2022 so uh with that being said it's something again something to keep an eye on uh but there was like i said if you're interested now netflix does have a couple of inter what they call interactive shows so they're not really games i mean again this is the closest thing to it but interactive shows like bandersnatch and you versus wild there are games based on stranger things and uh to all the boys and so other things like that for interactive entertainment but we'll see what netflix does with it a lot of the titles that are in the works for Netflix right now as like a choose your own adventure are actually based on real games. So Castlevania, Resident Evil, um, The Witcher, which is Netflix's biggest show right now. The company clearly sees the value of these video games and or video game IP address IPs, I should say. So it's not, you know, completely crazy to think that Netflix wouldn't capitalize on trying to do a choose your own adventure with, you know, this these titles. Now, Netflix did, in 2019, partner up with Telltale Games. Now, for those of you who know, or excuse me, for those of you who don't know, Telltale Games is the guys that did the the Walking Dead series games, where you kind of picked what direction you went in. They also did a Borderlands game. They, they've done a couple of, quite a, quite a few good games. They've done even, a, I think, a Star Wars game. It's been, it's been, they're really good, high-quality, choose-your-own-adventure-style games, where there's not a lot of you know, controller uh, manipulation. It's kind of a more of a, like you're manipulating a movie. Telltale Games had partnered with Netflix for a secret Stranger Things game, but unfortunately, uh, Netflix was getting into the space and didn't really have a uh, somewhere to put it, and then Telltale's Minecraft story mode uh, came out, and it partially play was playable on Netflix, or I think it's even partially playable right now on Netflix. So, it's not that Netflix isn't trying to do gaming. I think they've got a lot of, you know, eggs in one basket. I think 2020, uh, with everyone being home, kind of made them have to step up their game when it came to putting content out. So we'll see if Netflix goes forward with it. It's funny. Uh, I would have loved to have played a Stranger Th- by Telltale Games, a Stranger Things game. That would have been, that would have been absolutely amazing. But um, with uh, Apple Arcade and Xbox Game Pass. Uh, Netflix games, gaming for net, gaming on Netflix. Uh, it being an, if it's going to be another thing to pay for, I think um, I don't. I think I might just have to opt out. If they're going to include it with the already Netflix subscription, great. Let's do that. You know, you, you keep charging me a dollar every. It seems like every year it goes up a dollar. Uh, so let's let's make Netflix uh, the ability to do gaming. I don't know where that's, you know, I don't know where that's going to put Gamefly 
for those of you that know, Gamefly is that rental company where you can pay a monthly fee and rent video games. They'll be mailed directly to you. I think that company is slowly bleeding because of digital download and the ability to not mail the games to people. So we'll see. I don't know. It's interesting. It'll be interesting to keep an eye on. This was, again, only announced like a day or two ago that Netflix will be diving into gaming. So uh, 2022, we'll see. We got a year to wait and find out. Speaking of things from like wait to find out, we're still waiting on a GTA game, are we not? Like, I mean, how many times are they going to put GTA 5 out? Like, it was originally launched on the Xbox 360 and, what, PlayStation 3? And then it came out on the Xbox One and PlayStation 4. And now they're talking about it's going to be on the Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5. And, and, and not Grand Theft Auto, GTA 5, like, literally the same game, the exact same game. At this point, it's like, hey, stop giving us redoing the game. Just take the story and turn it into a TV series or turn it into a movie. Uh, if you saw the voice actors that did the voices in the game of Grand Theft Auto, if you actually look up the actors themselves, they literally look just almost almost a spitting image of all the characters that are in the game. So if they did a movie, they could literally get all three of those actors just to play their parts. And it might, Or even if they did a TV show, it might be interesting. Something to think about. But as I was looking into GTA and find, trying to find information on if there was another GTA coming out or if there was going to be one that would be interesting to, you know, to talk about, I, can't, I stumbled across the fact that Ubisoft, okay, the company that does the Assassin's Creed and Watch Dogs and all of those type of, series, and those type of games, had the game Driver. If you remember the game Driver, it was one where you had the ability to kind of jump from essentially driver to driver and race through a city and i think the last one was san francisco but they were coming out with watchdogs the game watchdogs let me start by saying the game watchdogs started out as a sequel or a third one to the driver series so this was something i didn't know so watchdogs actually started out as a driver sequel driver was a really fun game uh, if you get a chance to play it by all means i, I totally recommend it but the Ubisoft CEO was pitched that, hey, this driver sequel is going to be kind of like our own GTA if we have the driver get out of the car, et cetera, et cetera. They were kind of like, oh, well, let's try it. Uh, we'll give it a chance. And it was going to be done by, uh, developed by Reflections, which would go on to become Driver San Francisco. And then they took the idea of the developing this the character out and they're doing their own quote-unquote GTA-type game. And they gave it to Ubisoft Montreal, who had done the Assassin's Creed uh, games. And they took it and it became Watch Dogs. So if you look at the two games actually side-by-side side now that, you know, you, the driving mechanics and the streets and things like that, they actually are identical um, in a lot of the play and a lot of the uh, mechanics of how the game, the physics of the game, how it works. Uh, but yeah, the original creator of Driver wasn't even involved with the story setting, though he did say that he played early builds of the game and gave feedback. So again, Driver San Francisco, I totally recommend playing it. Uh, it was not the originally planned sequel. Turns out, like again, sounds like the Watch Dogs was what came out because of it. 
interesting interesting stuff i was like oh wow amazing if you haven't played Watch Dogs, Watch Dogs is a great little game it starts off the first one's in chicago second one is in san francisco which is oddly just like the driver game and of course the third one is overseas in london which was amazing just as well all right uh okay so one more thing i have to talk about this was and i don't know how true this is so i'm going to say that allegedly the sequel to Sonic the Hedgehog movie, the premise was leaked. Have you heard this yet? So the premise, the the concept of the sequel for Sonic 2 was leaked. Um, I think it was because of a copyright infringement, something or not a cop- infringement, uh, a copyright, uh, like something was submitted for copyright and the details were too much, like too much. I think either the script was copy was submitted for copyright or whatever, but if you don't want to be, if you don't want a spoiler alert, I'm gonna pre-warn you now. I'm about to say what the leak was. So again, this is allegedly. This is not necessarily 100% true, but allegedly the storyline for Sonic 2. Okay, you've been warned. So either you can stop the podcast now, or <laughs> or just not listen or turn it down or whatever. But allegedly, the Sonic 2 main theme is going to be where Dr. Robotnik, which we all know is played by Jim Carrey and will be played by Jim Carrey again, comes back to Earth and he brings Knuckles with him. So he brings Knuckles. So then they are there to try to get the rings to take over or, you know, take over the world. And Sonic has to team up with, which we know already, Tails in order to stop him. So we knew that Tails was going to be in it because if you watched past the credits of the original Sonic movie, you saw Tails show up. But what we didn't know was that Knuckles is planned to be in it as well. So we'll see. Um, That was the only tidbit of information I had on it. Uh, I can't, again, cannot confirm or deny that it to be true. Uh, It just came across my desk randomly in that case. So also, uh, if because of all of the opening up of the stores with uh, GameStops opening up across the across the U.S. and across the world for what stores they have left open, uh, they are getting PS5s and they are getting Xbox Series Xs. The restocks are happening, so uh, get out there if you haven't got your new console yet and you're looking for it. GameStop seems to be the place right now because they have been still ordering since the pandemic that while they were all shut down, they were still getting, you know, their shipments set up and lined up. So with that being said, they should be fully stocked with all these the gaming systems. Uh, one more thing, let's see. Yes, Dad Gamers, we did select someone for the $25 gift card for Xbox Live. But again, upon their request, they asked to not be announced. Now, again, I'm not going to be one that forces the, the hand here. If you Dad Gamers out there don't want your gamer tag or the announcement that you won, that's fine. We're totally fine with that. The, con- the contest still continues. So once a month, we draw an email address from dadgamerspodcast.com and randomly you know, email them a code to Xbox Live. We do have the Dad Gamers group on Xbox Live as well as on Facebook. You can join us there. I've been your host, Flank, F-L-A-N-K-K-E. You can actually find me on PlayStation and Xbox now. Um, you can follow me there. Dad Gamers, this has been fun. Like always, I like to give you guys information on your way to work, so now you know a little bit, and I'll have more next week. So thanks for listening.